You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey guys, Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. As you may have noticed, we have a sweet new intro created by our new friend, Connor Russell. Thank you so much, Connor. We're also sporting some new Blue Yeti mics purchased by our friend, John Sweetland, who is also joining us here tonight. Hey, John. Hey guys, I just want to be clear in case the IRS is tuned in. Those are from HuskerHype.com. We love the show. We love that you're a part of it and we want to say thanks. Thanks, well, John. thanks to Husker Hype to HuskerHype.com too. Hey, uh, we got a great show planned for tonight. Earlier this evening, we sat down with uh, 2019 Husker commit Jackson Hanna. Had a great interview. Uh, we're also going to talk some recruiting, some uh, uh, Big Ten media days. But first, we're going we're gonna to talk about some new news in Huskerland. Uh, Ron Brown is back in Lincoln. Tell us about that, John. Well, Ron Brown comes back from uh, spending some time at Liberty University um, over the last couple of seasons. And prior to that, he was with our good friend, Bo Pelini, out of Youngstown State after he left Nebraska. So good to see him back. He's the director of player personnel. It's Billy Devaney's former role. Um, so really what he'll be is someone that guys can go to and lean on and get advice. Uh, there's a great story from the Omaha World Herald back in 2011. Dirk Chetelaine uh, wrote the story about his relationship with Amir Abdullah. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I highly encourage a quick Google search to pull it up. Cool. Tyler, do you have any thoughts on Ron Brown? Well, you, you know, you, you talk about him coming back to Nebraska. I mean, this guy is Husker football in a lot of ways. I mean, he was a coach at Nebraska for about 24 years. Um, he was at Nebraska under Osborne and Solich from 87 to 2003. And then obviously, as John mentioned, under Pelini. So, I mean, this guy is Husker football and you know, Devaney, I was a guy that never a huge fan of in that role. I, 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 no one, I had a lot of backlash on him. No one really liked him there. Uh, but what I will say is if you want a guy who's going to lead men and help them become better, you cannot think of a better individual than Ron Brown. I mean, Ron Brown is that guy. Uh, I'm psyched that he's back in the program associated with it. I think this is the perfect role for him at this point in the career. Um, I don't know if I'd want to see him as a coach. This is the role for him. Well, let me ask that question right now. Is this just a stepping stone until a coaching spot becomes available on Frost's staff? What do you think, I, Derek? You know, honestly, I, I kind of hope not. Like, I like Ron Brown. I'm glad he's back. Welcome back, Ron. But I like what this coaching staff, I like their chemistry together, and I really hope this the whole staff stays together for a while. I'm, I'm hoping they're successful enough to stay together long enough, I guess. John, do you think there's going to be a, a move for Ron Brown or a position for Ron Brown on the staff? I'm going to take the official uh, response from the university, which would be, no, we're happy with our staff. The staff is what it is. Um, I think you'll see the staff stick together for the next two or three years. Um, I think this is a move uh, that Frost made because Frost understands the direction of his program and the direction he wants out of his players. Uh, say all you want about Billy Devaney, Mike Riley, and those guys. I don't think there was a unified message of what we want and who we want. It was kind of everyone giving their input and no real master decision maker. And I think Frost is different with that. So uh, I love the move. Uh, I think it's smart to bring him back. Uh, I know there's a little bit of concerns out there with his faith and things crossing over, but um, you know, he's demonstrated, I, I mentioned early earlier in the Amir Abdullah article, he's mentioned He's done it um, where, you know, his faith and his coaching and his, his mentorship is separate from what he personally believes. So I think it's a good hire. I think it's a smart hire. I think Frost knows what the vision of the program is. And Ron Brown is a good steward of that. Cool. All right. Let's move on to our uh, big story here. Uh, earlier, we talked to Jackson Hanna, 2019 Husker commit. So let's go ahead and play that interview right here. We're sitting down with 2019 Husker commit Jackson Hanna, inside linebacker from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us, Jackson. Thank you for having me. 
Hey, so uh, first things first, what have you been doing since your uh, commitment to Nebraska on June 6th? Uh, well, right now we're in, we're in the heat of, uh, of summer workouts and um, just trying to get better on and off the field uh, as a player and as a man. Um, been doing a lot of footwork drills. Uh, this year I'm transitioning to, uh, to inside linebacker because that's where um, Coach Rude wants me at uh, at Nebraska. And uh, last year I've transitioned from being the outside linebacker and um, had a good year at outside linebacker, and now I'm just trying to work on uh, my craft at inside linebacker. So have you been doing any? camps this summer um no actually no sir this is the first year i haven't done camps since i think eighth grade year uh, okay. we camped hard last year uh went all over the country um california uh, ucla usc um south carolina uh, schools all over the country um unfortunately did not get to go to uh nebraska's camp um but we visited i think a month ago when y'all hosted the the friday night lights um i was there i didn't i didn't compete in any drills but I uh, got to meet uh, Garrett and all the all the Nebraska kids, and they all seem like solid boys. And uh, I'm excited to get it, get these things rolling. So let's talk about your recruitment for a second. You've had a lot of uh, offers from Power Five schools like Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, LSU, Wisconsin. What made you choose Nebraska over all of those schools? That's a great question. Um, I, you know, I've been um, doing this whole recruiting thing since freshman year. Uh, my first offer was uh, was Vanderbilt, um, and then right after that came LSU and Alabama. Um, so it it's been a long time coming, and really, I've I've visited at least 200 schools over the, over the years, and um, wow. I've never felt what I felt like at Nebraska. I just meeting Coach Frost and meeting the coaching staff. I'm I've never seen anything like that. I mean, I've, I've shaken hands with coach Saban, uh, the best of the best. And, yeah. um, I could just, I could just feel something different in, in coach Frost. And, um, he's really, he's going to build something great and I want to be a part of it. Did the depth at inside linebacker at Nebraska, did that factor into your decision at all? You know what? It really didn't. I knew, uh, I really know if I, if I work my ass off and I will, um, that I'll eventually, uh, get to, get to play for the big red. Um, I really wasn't worried at depth at all. I just, I just wanted, I wanted to make sure that uh, the coaches there uh, could make me into a better man as well as a better player. And that's, awesome. that's kind of the, the vibe I got from them. So, so I want to go back to that, Jackson. Um, you, you said you believe Frost is going to turn the program around. And I know you've got three guys right here that believe the exact same thing, but what gives you faith that he's going to be the one that does that? Uh, well, he had a he had a pretty I don't know if y'all y'all are aware but he had a he had a pretty damn good year at um at UCF you know whipping Auburn's tail with a team like UCF it's, <laughs> it's unheard of and uh, that's that's just crazy and I he's a Coach Frost he's I could just tell in his eyes I'm I'm pretty good at reading people and uh, he's just a competitor and you hear the stories about uh, you know he didn't like reps in practice certain reps so he'll he'll hop in there and put the pads on and uh, that's the kind of coach I'm looking for and uh, he's he's a competitor. He's going to win. And I want to, I'm just trying to hop on the train while it's still hot. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think we agree with you and definitely UCF had a great season last year and I don't see Saban doing that. I mean, all peace and love to him, but I don't see him putting pads on anytime soon. Exactly. So. No, no, sir. Um, so you talked a little bit about your transition from outside linebacker to inside linebacker. So talk to us about that move this fall. I obviously, uh, you have a relationship with uh, coach rude, but what else made you decide to want to make that move? So this year, uh, naturally, um, my coaches at high school level uh, realized that I was getting recruited at inside linebacker. And uh, so I made the – my coach asked me if I wanted to make the transition, and I thought it was a good idea just to do that. And I played a little bit last year. Um, There's a couple highlights on my film that uh, that showed me at inside linebacker. Um, so I'm. it's not like a completely different position. Um but you know, it is it is a new position. I got to learn uh, new techniques, new coverages, new um, you know ways to play. Um, but I'm, you know, I love inside. I played all middle school uh, growing up, so I'm I'm not uh, afraid of it. And um, it, the transition's been easy this this summer and this uh, this upcoming fall. I think I'm gonna have a good year. Okay. So, so, so help, help some of our listeners do a little bit of homework here. So if you're not that familiar with the difference of outside linebacker to inside linebacker, what are a couple of the differences you're talking about in those positions? 
Yeah, so um, so outside linebacker really uh, is, is more of a run-and-gun um, type deal. Uh, I'm off the edge a lot. I'm more of a, a stand-up DN, um, if you want to call it that, uh, as well as like a safety uh, type rig. you got to be really fast, really physical. Um, you got to know how to get off blocks off the edge. Um, and that was my specialty last year. Uh, and then inside, you gotta you got to hit the hole hard, um, which I think I can do. And um, you got to fill the gaps. You got to uh, take on, you know, 300 plus pound pound dudes. Uh, and that's that's kind of like what the transition consists of, just higher weight training, uh, getting in the weight room, uh, throwing up some big weight um, and just trying to in practice, trying to move those guys. Uh, I got. I got great teammates. Um, we have a kid, Jackson Lampley, who's actually going to University of Tennessee. He's a uh, right tackle, and um, just getting to work with him every day uh, has really helped me um, this offseason and um, getting off blocks and all that kind of stuff. Well, so so on that subject, I mean, I think when you when you look at uh, the Big Ten, obviously they're known for those linebacker positions. I mean, I think in the Big Ten over the last decade plus, you've seen LeVar Arrington, AJ Hawk, um, Levante David from Nebraska. So talk to us about the, how you feel about joining the big 10 with the legacy they have at linebacker. I'm, I'm truly honored. Um, it's, it's the, the first day I got on my pads, I slept in, uh, as, as a little boy. Um, now I always wanted to play defense because I, I love knocking people's heads off. And, um, that's, that's kind of like what big 10 is known for, especially at linebackers position. Um, and I'm, it's just a dream come true. I really can't describe it to you. Uh, being wanted by Nebraska is is unbelievable, um, and being able to uh, bring the program uh, out of the little funk they're in is is awesome. Uh, I really can't describe it. Um, I'm just truly honored and super excited to be able to play for the Big Ten and um, uh, you know bring a little bit of a culture, Southern culture, to Nebraska. Good to hear. So, so we, we've all got a chance to watch your highlight film and, and you kind of touch on this. So do you prefer to hit running backs or hit quarterbacks? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I, I like hitting them both. Um, but, um, quarterbacks preferably just cause they're, they're unaware and, uh, being able to hear a hole in this is pretty fun. <laughs> Out of blue. That's, it's pretty fun. I can't wait to watch you. Hit. I can't wait to watch you hit some of these guys. I'll tell you. Uh, all right so so the ncaa came out with a few rules changes and the the big one on this podcast was the uh red or a freshman be able to play in four games in a red for and not lose their red shirt uh what are your thoughts on that i mean do you think that will help you or is that does that rule make you excited to play as a freshman more yes sir i i've i've seen the rule um and I, you know, I really haven't put too much thought into it, but really uh, being able to play four games and still have your red shirt, that's a great thing. If, if we're up on somebody uh, pretty well and Coach Rue wants to give me live reps in a game against Iowa or whoever, um, I think it's a great thing. Uh, four, four games, um, that's, that's a good thing. And um, <laughs> You're going uh, to kill the rivalry with Iowa with that Oh, quote. yeah. <laughs> we'll be up. Don't, don't you worry. We're going to. It's not even going to be a rivalry by my senior year. It's going to be a blowout. Uh, uh, music to my ears right there, to <laughs> tell you that much. You're, um, you're going to be a fan favorite already, I can tell. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a great thing. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited even to get the opportunity to even get in uh, as a freshman is, uh, you know, a tremendous honor. But I got I to gotta put in the work first uh, before I talk. And, uh, but that's, that's great news uh, that that's a new role in the system. So have the, you, you have a good relationship with coach Rude and uh, you know, he played in Tennessee there for a little while for a whole, I think a whole year. Uh, yes, sir. Have you guys, have you guys had any discussion about whether or not you would like to red shirt and still be able to play in those four games? Or has that even been a discussion at all? You know, we, we haven't really talked um, much um, about that. Uh, we have talked about, um, where he'll want me, which is the strong, uh, out or strong middle linebacker. Um, he didn't really tell me why, but he, he said next visit, he, he touched more on that, uh, um, as, as time went on, but we really haven't talked about red shirting at all. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be sure to ask him next time I see him. All right. You have any really good stories from this coaching staff and any funny stories that you'd like to share maybe, or, you know, 
this coaching staff, they, they came really late in the game for me. Uh, I want to say about six months ago, uh, they, they came to me and cause they, they just came from UCF and, uh, you know, they were like, man, we, we really love you. We, we don't know if we're, we're still in the running for you, but we'd love to have you. Just, just come take a look. Um, you won't regret it. And I was like, man, like, forget about it. Like, what's you know i've seen i've seen bama georgia all those schools that i didn't really put it into much consideration until my dad uh he actually works for mutual of omaha um he's a vp of mutual of omaha so we he knows nebraska well and he was like no man like we let's go check it out and and so we did and it it was an experience like no other they were it, they treat everyone like family up there and um it was re- it was truly unbelievable i it was funny because I've never once walked away from a visit and felt the way I did. Uh, I, you know, it was about a three hour visit. Um, got to meet all the coaches, defensive coordinator, offense coordinator. Um, and as soon as I walked out in the field, I got chills over my body. I have chills right now. I, I got chills over my body and I, I, I grabbed my dad and I was like, dad, I'm, I want to play for the big red. And, and, uh, and I knew right then and there that I wanted to commit. Um, so that's, not really a funny story but that that coaching staff they they sure do know how to recruit um and i'm really excited to be a part of it we're excited to have you uh one last question enough of the easy questions we've gotten over all these easy questions let's get into the hardball question here so we had matthew anderson on a couple weeks ago and it just so happened while while we were interviewing you had texted him about Fortnite. So the hardball Uh-oh. question is, who kicks whose ass in Fortnite? I mean, really? Oh, <laughs> me by far. That's not a no question. No question. Matthew, you won't tell us any other stories like that? Nope. That's just that's a one and done right there. I'll, I'll beat him 10 out of 10. <laughs> so, All right. so how is the relationship with uh, the other recruits, the 2019 recruits? It's, it's actually crazy. Uh, me and my mom were talking about this the other day. Uh, the first time I met him, it's a funny story. Uh, Garrett Nelson, I don't know if you if you guys know of him, uh, new recruit, or he he committed before I did, but um, to 2019 recruit. And I got there, didn't really know anybody. We we had texted each other, let it let each other know that we we're gonna be there. Luke McCaffrey, uh, Garrett Nelson, Garrett Snodgrass, all all those guys. Um, and I as as I walk in the door, I get bear hugged by Garrett Nelson, um, and he he treated me like a like he knew me for 20 years. I was like, good Lord. Like who is this kid? And, <laughs> and <laughs> that's just kind of relationship we have. I love those guys already. I'm, I've only met them once, but we, we text every day, um, about new recruits trying to, trying to get guys on board. Um, you know, we're going after a running back from Kentucky right now as a four star. We're, we're trying to work on him right now, but I'm, I'm very comfortable where we're at, uh, recruiting wise. Um, and I, I really like those guys. I, I really think we're going to build something special in this 2019 class, and um, I'm really excited. Awesome. <clears throat> All right, final question, Jackson. We'll get you out of here. What are your goals for your uh, senior season? My goals? I, I want to um, set my high school record for sacks in one season. Uh, that's that's kind of been the biggest goal um, of my career at NBA. Uh, you know, we're in a great conference. Uh, we, we pump out about uh, the conference about 30 D1 uh, athletes every year. Uh, this is where um, all the coaches go to uh, NBA, Bruin Academy, Answorth, all those schools um, consist of great players. But my, my goal is to set uh, the NBA state record um, for sacks uh, that we've that we've had. Um, so that's that's kind of like my main goal. Uh, other goal is to to get closer with Coach Rude um, and the guys. That's pretty basic but um it really is it's really important to me uh you know once i commit i commit i'm not you guys don't have to worry about decommitting or any of that like that's that's all bs i, I think it's that's funny when recruits do that uh i'm 110 percent uh committed to the university of nebraska and uh, i can't wait to be a cornhuser when do you plan on visiting next you know we talked about uh we're we're going to have an official visit. Uh, we're trying to figure out, I think we're going to go to, um, to the Colorado game is when I'm going to be up there next. Uh, all the guys are, we're all going to, um, officially visit at that game. Uh, we're trying to get together then. Um, 
So I think we're going to um, – my next visit will be at the Colorado game uh, this fall. Okay, cool. Well, we look forward to seeing you in uh, red. Yes, sir. Thank I'll you so much for joining us, Jackson. Thank, Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. So there's our interview with Jackson Hanna. Uh, John, instant reaction. Uh, what a great kid. Uh, I'm pretty excited for him to be here in Nebraska. Uh, he already understands the culture where you need to talk crap about Iowa. Um, I see you, Josh Mitchell. Um, so uh, great kid. I love the move. Uh, he's already moved from defensive end to outside linebacker, now to inside linebacker. Um, he's got the frame. He's six foot three, 225 pounds. Um, so he's got the frame to play at the next level. Um, and if he can take that speed and quickness where he would rush people off the edge and such, uh, and cover guys, uh, in, uh, in, in zone coverage, um, I think he'll be wildly successful at Nebraska. If Barrett Rude wants him, I think it's a great pickup for Nebraska. Um, glad to see them steal a guy out of Tennessee's backyard as well. So, um, huge fan, uh, love the interview. Tyler, couldn't you sense the excitement in his voice when he was uh, doing the interview? You you really could. I mean, it, it was it was excitement about playing for Nebraska, and you know we we've talked about this coaching staff and how much we are excited about this. But where where you've got to have faith if you are a Husker fan is what they are bringing to these recruits. Um, they are bought into Scott Frost. They are bought into this university. They're bought into the program. Um, I yeah, he's he's a great kid, as John said. Um, and, and that's another thing, the character of these individuals he's bringing in, it, it's really high. Um, Jackson, welcome abo uh, aboard to the program and the Iowa hate train that we are in Nebraska. <laughs> Derek, what are your thoughts? 10 out of 10 times he kicks Matthew Anderson's ass in Fortnite. So I guess there's one Ooh. thing. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, Hey, I John. I think what really stood out to me about Jackson's comment was why he chose Nebraska. Um, he said, you know, he's been, he's a, he's a big time recruit. He has been for a long time. Uh, and he said he's visited over 200 schools and there's just something about Nebraska. Now we, as Nebraska fans who have been to Memorial Stadium, we feel that, but it's very hard to put that on a piece of paper and describe that to someone and sell that to them um, as a recruit. So, I think it really speaks volumes and you hear it not only with Jackson, Hannah, Matthew Anderson and other guys, but um, with Jackson specifically, he said, he goes, there's just something about this staff. I want to be a part of it. They're going to turn things around. They're going to do great things. You saw what they did at UCF. So um, there's, I don't want, I, I hate to use the cliche that there's something in the water. Um, but I, I think there's a message that this staff is putting out to recruit sets. Come, compete there's no expectations that you're going to start day one you know he he doesn't know if he's going to redshirt but he just comes he expects to compete and kick some ass so um i think that's a good precedent to set i think it's a strong sales pitch as well you never want to be given anything as a recruit you really don't want a recruit that just expects something out of you anyway so knowing that that he has to come in he has to put in the work he's got to put his nose to the grindstone and do that i think that's very appealing and that speaks volumes for him and the coaching staff. And I, I'm really impressed by the uh, the caliber of schools that are that offered him. You know, I mean, these are big Power Five schools, and he still chose Nebraska. You know, the way he did unofficial visit, and he's like, "This is where I want to play." After visiting, you know, 200 campuses and having all these offers, I mean, that just makes it so much uh, more significant to me. One time. Uh, uh, Tyler. Well, and, and let me say this, like, and is as psyched as he is about playing in Nebraska right now, like wait until he gets to that Colorado game, because that's yeah. going to blow the roof off of his mind. That rivalry in Memorial stadium game day. I mean, that, that guy might get a giant end tattooed over his heart after that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but back to that, you know, the, the uh, caliber of schools. He shook Nick Saban's hand. He said he shook Nick Saban's hand. How impressive is that? And it's like, yeah, I'm more, you know, I think I like what Scott Frost is doing a little bit better than you, Nick, Nicky boy. Yeah. I'm sure that's how that conversation. I think, I think you could say that the results Frost have had are, are on par with other coaches. Now, obviously he hasn't won a conference championship at Nebraska. He hasn't played for national championship, but his resume at UCF, 
and turning that program around speaks for itself. Um, I think you should expect that here at Nebraska as well, not to go off topic too much, but you know, people say Nick Saban's tough to work for because he demands results. He demands that you participate, that you, you know, work your hardest and you give your all. And I think that's something we're starting to see. You saw it this winter with the strength and conditioning program turnaround. Um, you hear it, you know, in coaching interviews with Reduceco, Rude, and everyone that everything has to be earned. And those guys are, are really starting to buy into that. So I'm excited to hear that that message has trickled all the way down to recruiting. Um, and I think it'll continue to pay off with this recruiting class as we get into the season and they can start to actually host some more recruits. Well, let's keep it going with recruiting, John. Uh, do you have a recruiting update for us? You know, there's, there's a lot of talk. I read a lot of different message boards, about three or four different ones. Um, and the general message is, you know, Nebraska is under recruiting or, or what have you. Um, and I don't think that's true. I think they've identified guys that are huge talents. Um, they've made some key pickups, Jackson Hanna being one of them. He's obviously uh, a critical linebacker. They'd love to get Nick Heinrich out of Burke and things really seem to be pointing towards uh, Nebraska at this point. I don't want to say it's a lock by any means because there's still a couple other schools like Wisconsin that are in it. But I really think you're starting to see the caliber of recruits pick up uh, across the board with the Nebraska uh, coaching staff right now. Um, Jackson Hanna alluded to a four-star running back on the call. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's uh, Wandale Robinson, the, the, the running back out there. Um, he's a special talent. The other guys they have on campus, or they have committed, really, um, Ramir Johnson, Thomas Grayson, uh, and, and everyone else, they are their own special talents. And they're not really pigeonholed to be running backs either. So I think you'll see Nebraska take another running back, per se. But um, really, those guys, a few of those guys are really the guys that would play like the, uh, the R or the duck position. And they can flex out to that wide receiver spot and be super versatile. So I think that's good. Um, you know, with the loss of some of the linemen this year, Nebraska has a ways to go um, recruiting uh, offensive linemen. Um, so there's some work to be done there. They've got Matthew Anderson, Desmond Bland um, in the bag so far. I think you'll see them take three or four more guys on the offensive line, probably five, maybe even six uh, with a healthy mix of JUCOs and uh, high school kids. Tyler. So, so, John, I, I want to ask you a question and, and I, and I don't know if you have an answer on this, but, Tony fair. Are, are we expecting a commitment out of him tomorrow because he's announcing his commitment or is he going to, he's going to pull a sport ball and go somewhere else. You know, I, I don't know that there's any good trend to say Tony fair is, is locked in in Nebraska or Indiana. Um, I think Nebraska would be the guy you'd expect at this point um, to end up with his commitment. Um, they're really doing a good job of plugging a hole there because he won't play this fall. So, um, you'll have him, Damian Daniels, and a few other guys kind of all around the same uh, uh, experience and age level in terms of like their class if he chooses Nebraska. So I think that allows Nebraska to, you know, plug another defensive tackle in there, a guy who can really eat up space like Fair, um, while still going to the well to recruit another high school kid behind him. It, it, and and just just I probably should have preferenced this before John started talking. Tony Fair is a JUCO out of Arizona. Uh, he, is. he is, yeah, he is a defensive tackle prospect and, uh, he'd be playing for next season. So, yeah, I mean, obviously defensive tackle is a position when you look at Nebraska, we have some good depth there, but, um, obviously he, he's a pretty good prospect coming out of Arizona right now. Um, and, and, you know, John, you said it right. So I, I, I think we need to be a lookout for tomorrow because it, it's down to us in Indiana. So, and John, you, 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 so, so your answer is Nebraska. If if I if I had to concrete give you an answer, it would rhyme with Nebraska. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Don't don't forget so. he is originally from South Bend, Indiana, though. Yeah, he's he's been a few places because he's he's at a Pima Community College here in Tucson, and then before that, I think he was with is it Indiana State prior to that. So um, he's been around a little bit, but you expect that at the UCO level. Uh, like I said, he's a big space eater. He'd be a great guy to kind of help plug the gap. Um, as they bring in other high school recruits for the next couple of years. Derek, I want to ask you a question. Should there be any recruiting concerns, you know, like let's say the number of running backs that we're actually targeting, are you concerned by that or do you have any other recruiting concerns? Yes and no. I, I think it's a little too early to get concerned right now. I think where we're ranked, I think we have really good recruits, 
we just don't have a lot of recruits yet. And so being ranked 42nd in the country and number 10 in the Big Ten, if we finish there, I think there's probably maybe a little concern. Uh, the number of re- the number of running backs, like John said, they're going to play that duck R position. Or I seen I think somebody on twenty four seven had called it Husk R now. I think they're changing the. Oh name. my god! I, I don't know if that too. was just the media or if that was the coaches making that change. But uh, <laughs> at, at any rate, if they're if they're playing multiple multiple positions, I, I don't see a problem with picking up more running backs because. I don't see the difference if you're – I mean, as long as they're going to play multiple positions, what's the difference if you go after another wide receiver or running back if they're going to play both those positions? John? Yeah, so shout-out to Corey on uh, Twitter. You know who you are because I'm going to send you the link to the podcast today. He's getting a shout-out because he tried to rename it the Husk R position as opposed to the Duck or R position. So shout-out to you, my friend. I still don't agree with you. I still don't think it's right. Um, this, this is what I'll say. Uh, Scott Frost did UCF right by sticking with those kids through the end of the season, coaching the Auburn game, et cetera. That really cost them in terms of, you know, starting relationships with some of these 2019 kids. Um, cause they went right from, you know, moving to Nebraska, December 1st, coaching UCF, coaching them through, you know, the new year, moving into really finishing up the 2018 class prepping strength and conditioning, rolling into spring practice, catch your breath. And then you're already at the dead period this spring. So Nebraska had a lot of ground to make up um, with the 2019 class. Um, they couldn't go all out with, you know, flying across the country, visiting guys. They, they've got other responsibilities they have to do and the recruiting cycle limits them and doing that this kind of spring and summer. Um, so I think people felt like, Oh, we're behind, but really they're really just starting to catch up. Um, Jackson said he's coming in for the Colorado game. I expect that to be a big visit weekend. Um, I'm pretty sure offensive lineman, Michael Lynn is coming that weekend. Uh, it's against Colorado. So I expect Luke McCaffrey, maybe a few other guys like Reese Atterbury and a few others to, uh, to maybe pop in since it's, they're from Colorado and that's a, a big game, but Akron, that's going to be the, the big official visit kickoff week. Um, there's a lot of guys coming in that week. I know a lot of commits are going to be there as well. You're going to see a very active commitment class working on other recruits as well. Um, again, they mentioned, you know, a four-star running back, which I'm pretty sure is running back athlete, Wandale Robinson. So um, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, recruits like Taiwan Mullen, who's a four-star cornerback, will be visiting over those first few weeks. Um, and you're going to hear a lot more names pop up here um, at the end of this month. Um, and keep an eye out for Nick Heinrich, too, the linebacker out of Burke. Um, I think he's set to to maybe make a decision over the next week or two. I thought it was the 24th, but I have to double check that. So um, I I just think that, you know, if you have concerns that it's about to, the reality is that it's it's about to take off. You know, if we revisited this, you know, at the end of September, early October, nothing's changed. You know, there's still some concerns then, but um, Nebraska's done a good job making up ground. They're going places and you need to keep that in their head that it's pointed the right direction at this point. So we're sitting at 11 recruits. Is that correct? Yep. 11 today. So uh, how, how big is this class going to get? On paper, I think as of today, they can take 15 or 16 guys. I expect Nebraska after attrition at the end of next spring um, to probably close out around 23 or 24 guys. Um, So I think you'll see, Nothing against the guys that are here, but I think you'll continue to see a few departures after the season as guys kind of figure out where they stand with the new staff after, you know, getting a fair shake uh, through the spring and fall. Um, And, you know, there's always going to be attrition over the first year or two, and that's not bad. It's only bad if the, if the staff doesn't do everything to get them up to par. Um, If you listen to interviews, that's definitely a priority is to coach these guys up and get them really going as, 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 as big as they can this season right now. Um, so yeah, I expect it to be around 23, maybe 24 guys. Um, and Nebraska should have some, some good kind of early, early fall results here. Tyler, I think you tried to get in earlier about the, uh, recruiting concerns. Did you have something to say? Well, no, of course. I, I mean, I think where you look at this class so far, I think the people are overacting because of stars and because of names. I mean, if you listen to guys like Jackson Hanna or go back a couple weeks and listen to Matthew Anderson, 
I mean, the character of these individuals are what we want for Husker fans. Um, I also think Luke McCaffrey is a absolute stud out of Colorado. I am a huge fan of his. I, I, and, I and I like where we're going. Um, Frost needs to land the Burke kids. I think he, he really, if you look at this recruiting class, he can't allow two of the best prospects Nebraska's had over the last decade to not stay in Lincoln. Um, but he, I think he will. I have faith he's going to end up landing them, and I, I am really confident this class is going to be a really good class for the Huskers. Cool. I think Derek. I think Derek made a really good point earlier that it's not so much about like who you have, but what you have. Um, Minnesota, I think, is ranked twenty first or twenty third, and depending on where you look. But it's because of the sheer amount of recruits that they have. Um, if you look at the quality, like star ranking of those guys, it's a big difference Minnesota and Nebraska rivals doesn't have Matthew Anderson ranked as well uh, he's just unranked at this point because they haven't seen him he's not you know he wasn't a big camp circuit guy this year so um rivals doesn't have him ranked with 24 has him as three stars so I think once those guys kind of start to play a little bit this fall um you'll see those rankings go up um as they get more exposure Thomas Grayson is a guy that really rings true for me in that scenario I think he's a two-star um but boy oh boy is he just shot full of potential um, he's out of uh, Booker T. Washington High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and just, I think he played behind a, another like highly rated four or five star kid last year. And this will be his first year taking over, you know, control of the of the backfield. Same with um, a guy like Luke McCaffrey. You know, he's a four star uh, on 24-7, but he really hasn't been the starting quarterback. So a lot of these early commitments are guys that are lowly ranked that I think you'll see move up once we get into the the fall here. So you always know when football season's ready to start, when you start seeing the media days, you know, the SEC, the big 12, big 10 is coming up here next week, uh, next Monday and Tuesday. What are you looking forward to uh, with big 10 media days, Tyler? Well, I, I mean, obviously I can't wait to hear Scott Frost talk. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of interesting conversation that's going to happen from him. Uh, you know, this is going to be his first big media national circus since he's been at Nebraska. Um, I mean, he, it'll be interesting to see how much information he gives. Um, I mean, he is going to play that depth chart close to his best. We discussed this a couple weeks ago. I don't want to see him giving anything away, but um, I, I, I really am excited to see what he is saying about the progress of this program. And, and I'm excited to hear the name of the players that he mentions. Because I think that the names that he mentions will be really awesome to hear. And who is uh, going with Scott Frost? So, okay, so you have uh, sorry, you have Stanley Morgan, uh, uh, Gerald Foster, and Nick Stolenberg. So, um, I mean, so you have our defense tackle. So you have some really good guys coming. Um, there's obviously been a lot of conversation uh, over the last few weeks of should Gifford have got the invite. Um, I think they got it right. I think those are the three guys um, that I really look at as a leadership position for this team. Tyler, you mentioned about, you know, keeping the quarterback situation. What is the over under on how many times Scott Frost will be asked about that quarterback situation? What would you think, Derek? Probably a hundred, <laughs> but I got a better over under for you. My over under for you is how many times does Scott Frost mention unity? 12 times over <laughs> going with over on that as well. <laughs> uh, you, you, Tyler, you, you discussed uh, Mick Stoltenberg and Luke Gifford to me, honestly, as far as media days goes, and I wouldn't say this, I mean, as far as the players goes, but I think as far as media days goes, I think those two are probably interchangeable. I think it probably could have went either way with those two. Uh, I, I don't think they got it wrong. Mick Stoltenberg's fine with me. Uh, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what Scott Frost has to say and how how he handles the big time in in, in the situation. I mean, UCF is a whole different story. I mean, he's talked about how he could go to dinner and nobody knew who he was, and now that he's at Nebraska, everybody in the world knows who he is. And so it'll be kind of interesting to see how he handles that situation. I think he'll handle it well, but it it, it should be should be fun times. So I want to ask this question because next week we're definitely going to be talking about 
uh, Big Ten Media Days. Do you guys still get excited when Big Ten Media Days comes around? Or have you had your fill with Twitter and social media and every, the internet? You know, are they ruining it? Do you get excited? A hundred percent. Like I, I, I am excited because this is the first really round of interviews that you really get going into the season. Football's beginning, and I honestly, I hate the guy, but I'm excited to hear Harbaugh talk. Um, he's going to say something stupid. Uh, he's going to make an ass out of himself because that's what Harbaugh does, and then he underperforms during the season. Uh, I, I, but, but Frost is going to be the show of media days. He's going to get the most clicks and most hits. Um, I mean, he is the superstar going into big 12, big 10 media days, which Mike Riley never was. What about PJ Fleck? Do you think uh, that boat's going to be rowing this? You stole my line. <laughs> Damn. you! <laughs> I knew you'd say so that. I was so going to row the boat on that one just for Justin. <laughs> I know how much oh, he loves that. PJ Fleck. God, I hate that guy. John, get in, get in here on this uh, Big Twelve Media Days conversation. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about. It. I like, I like uh, Big Ten Media Days. I think it serves a terrific purpose, which is allowing coaches to a brand their programs, um, but b um, get the spotlight out about some players. Um, I, I don't, I'm, I'll miss not having Luke Gifford there this year. Um, but I kind of look at the three guys that Nebraska has lined up uh, in Foster, Morgan Jr., and uh, Stoltenberg, and those are all guys who are are really anchors of this team. Nothing against Luke Gifford. He just was injured a lot of last season. So um, I, I think these guys have all put in work. They all deserve to be there. I'm excited to hear what they have to say. Um, I think the over, overs are going to be the, the takers for the unity here, Derek. Um, and, and I think really there's just so many unknowns that, you know, getting in front of, of Frost and these guys will be a good experience. Um, shout out to the Husker social media staff because they always do a good job of, you know, getting their coaches out there and, uh, you know, doing interviews, et cetera. And uh, I really think what you'll see is kind of a preview for this season, or maybe even more so a preview of fall camp, kind of who they expect to compete now that these freshmen have been on campus, uh, you know, hiding out and uh, sitting in the freshman locker room as they have been since they've gotten on campus. And uh, it'll be a chance to kind of tell those stories about how those guys have, uh, have impacted those kind of guys that have been there for three or four years already. Go ahead, Tyler. Well, I, I was going to comment on the, uh, you know, the, the the question I think is, do you think that next week when we talk about the Big Ten media days, is Scott Frost going to release any actual piece of news before the game? Does anyone think that he's going to give that away? Oh, good question. I mean, I go, what go what sort of news, though? Say again, Derek. I would, I would go under on that. I don't think he gives any piece of information out. I think he's going to hold everything so close to the chest. It's all going to be coach speak. Oh, absolutely. I think it'll be coach speak to a certain extent. Um, I, I think there's a message that they want to get out there um, and they want to be in front of publicly. So, uh, you know, I think Frost will talk about um, they're excited to be there. Uh, you know, the transition, how they've done this at UCF already. They hope to have accelerated that process at Nebraska by doing it here. Um, so I don't know. I don't think it'll be too cl too too much coach speak, um, but it'll be a lot of regurgitation because there's only so much you can ask for us over an eight month period. That's true. All right, guys, uh, it's time to move on to our final segment and it's last call, and it's going to be last call to you, Tyler. Well, he's back. Uh, one Mr. Randy Gregory has uh, been reinstated in the NFL. And, and, and obviously a former Husker and a now current Dallas Cowboy. But I, I'm curious what you guys think about his reinstatement back. Derek? I would love to be excited about this. And I would love to say that the Cowboys ain't screwing up. But let's face it, by the time the season starts, he's probably going to be kicked out of the league again because – I don't. I don't trust him. I, I hope the best for the kid, but he just doesn't has proven yet that he can stay off the dope. So, John, welcome back, Randy. It's been a long time. Uh, I hope you know honestly. Like I hope he. Uh, I, I hope he pans out. He's got a hell of a lot of talent. Um, I hope he can channel kind of that that athleticism and energy into, you know, a, a few solid years in the NFL. Maybe he's learned his way and have tone down, you know, everything that has been doing. Cause I don't think we've seen him since the end of 2015. 
um, because he's been suspended for so long. So um, it's a small contract. It's really a a small roll of the dice for Dallas. So if he doesn't pan out, they're really not out too much. So, um, you know, go get it, go earn it. And uh, hopefully we'll see him playing on Sundays. I would be shocked if he does not come up hot again. I would be shocked. He's just way too much. In the words of the great philosopher Taylor Swift, haters going to hate, hate, hate. <laughs> Last call to you, Derek. So we always talk about how college football is a what have you done for me lately story, especially when it comes to coaching. And wow, did the St. Louis Cardinals prove that baseball is just as cutthroat as college football, apparently, because a guy that just won you a World Series a couple of years ago has just fired their manager, Mike Matheny. This surprised me. They're still above 500. They've had good seasons, not great seasons. I know they've struggled with getting in the postseason the last couple of years, but they're competing with some damn good teams in a good conference. So I, it, it surprised me a little bit. I, I wonder if there's a lot more behind the story. Mr. Cardinal himself, Tyler, go ahead. I don't have enough time to fully comment on my feelings on this decision, but I, I, I will just summarize it with this. I think he was a good manager, not a great manager. What I hope this move means is a move forward for the Cardinals. Um, I still think we have a good lineup and a chance to compete. I mean, honestly, the Cubs aren't a good rock team. I mean, they're, they're, they're really kind of like a shit stain on the major league baseball as whole. Um, and, and, and the Brewers haven't been playing well lately. So, I, I think at the end of the day, the Cardinals have a lot to play for, so I hope this doesn't mean they're going to be a seller at the trade deadline. John, do you have a comment on this? You're on John? mute. <laughs> he obviously you guys told me that, uh, <laughs> that I can't mention NHL hockey. That's I'm pretty sure Derek muted me because he knew this was coming. Uh, I'm just going to say, like, is that more of a surprise or is, you know, Barry Trotz stepping down after winning the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals more of a surprise? So, I mean, honestly, you know, if people aren't a fit, they're not a fit. Maybe it's time to move on. But uh, I I think if you're winning, you should keep your coach around. Yeah, Uh, it's the Cardinals. Nobody on this podcast really cares. Uh, Hey, John, you've never taken part of this uh, last call segment on the podcast. So this is your opportunity. Would you like to contribute to a last call? You know, I really would love to contribute to a last call and I was going to go, you know, with some of the NBA moves that have happened lately, but I just want to say congrats to Dodgers fans on picking up Manny Machado today because Holy crap, the Dodgers were loaded and they just got Machado. Can you, I cannot believe this thoughts. Are you a Dodgers fan, John? No, but there's a million of them out there. <laughs> uh, I I don't like it because I'm a Cubs guy, you know? And so I, I don't want to see him come to the National League and possibly hurt Cubs' chances to get into uh, the World Series. Derek? Unfortunately, they're still in the same boat as the Cubs right now, and their pitching is still just not great. And until you fix – when it comes to playoffs, pitching's everything. And – you can get all the batters you want, but unless you have good pitching, it ain't going to matter in October. Tyler. I, I, I'm kind of with you guys. I hate this move, but I hate this move because I really fear the Dodgers right now. Cause that's a great pickup for them. Um, th- they're looking dangerous and Derek, I don't, I mean, I agree with you to a point with pitching, but like, I mean, I, I like that roster over there in LA right now. I, I don't, want to face them in the playoffs where the Cardinals will end up when the season's there. The Cardinals, you know, we just, we just had two baseball references in last call and neither one of them was talking about how Schwarber got jobbed in the home run derby, but maybe next week we can talk about that. My over under is going to, I'm sorry. My last call is going to come back to uh, college football and talk about 21 odds to make playoffs at the Huskers were just named by the Westgate Las Vegas Sportsbook. How crazy is this? Uh, Vegas, you know, we hear that they they gave the over-under for Nebraska at six wins. Now it's up to six and a half wins. And then all of a sudden we're seeing 20 to one odds that they could make the playoff. Derek? 
Last I checked, six and a half wins don't get you the playoff. I, I don't know where those odds came from. So, Tyler, hashtag fake news. <laughs> John, I guess I'll have real commentary. Um, the the fact of the matter is Scott Frost took his last team to an undefeated season last year. So I, I kind of get where uh, where Vegas thinks they're coming from because there's people that are going to take that bet. I mean, it's crazy. Husker fans are going to take that bet because they think they can make a buck. So um, take the bet, drop 20 bucks. You'll win a, a big chunk of change if it happens. But uh, don't come crying to the Cuzcast guys because uh, we told you so. And uh, I could have told you they weren't going to make it. <laughs> yeah, 20 to 1. I mean, I could see 100, 100 to 1. I could see that. 20 to 1. My goodness, no. Not at all. But we appreciate the confidence, Vegas. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Uh, we got to give a big thanks to our friend Connor Russell yet again. Thank you for the outstanding intro that we have. Uh, thank you, John, for coming aboard, talking Husker football. And thank you, John, I mean, <clears throat> HuskerHype.com for these uh, kick-ass Blue Yeti mics. Uh, it, they sound awesome. Yeah, uh, I hope you guys enjoy them. And a big thank you to our guest tonight, Jackson Hanna for coming on board and uh, spend some time with us. We appreciate it. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. You can find all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. Make sure you check out HuskerHype.com for all the latest in Husker news. On behalf of Derek and Tyler and John, we want to thank everybody for listening, and we'll see you again next week. And as always, go big red. Now he throws.